0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower, he said to the disciples. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches it away. What is sown in the heart, this is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root and endures for only a little while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, well, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As much as I love that parable, this morning I'm going to be focusing on the passage in Isaiah 55, which I also love. For as we read, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, Making it bring forth and sprout, and giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that for which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. As the sun beat down relentlessly on the city of Chicago. Years ago, a dappled mama duck and her seven yellow ducklings were making their way up the I-90 on-ramp, the scorching heat radiating up from the cement beneath their feet. They had been walking all day long in this city on this hot pavement, searching and searching for the shade of familiar bushes, for the soft green grass and the cool, refreshing waters that had been promised by a passing breeze that morning. It was the promise on that breeze that had kept this dappled mama duck going The wind had whispered it to her and yet had failed to deliver it. And now she was too tired and too hungry and too thirsty and too discouraged to go on. So the mama duck sat down there in the middle of the I-90 on-ramp and spread her wings and gathered all seven of the little yellow ducklings underneath them. And they huddled there together against the five o'clock rush hour traffic sojourners in exile. Isaiah's people were exiles. They have been in exile for some 40 years, huddled there as a community in the midst of a foreign land, too tired to hope or to fear. The mothers and the fathers and the grandmothers and the grandfathers would gather the children into their arms in the evenings and tell them the stories about Jerusalem and Judea and the times long ago and those places lush with orchards and ancient trees filled with figs and the sweet earthly fragrance of grapes ripening on the vine. In the evening, they would sing the Psalms, and they would recite the Hebrew prayers and recall the, the joy of worship in Jerusalem's temple. But in exile, the sweetest dreams insist on huddling with the nightmares. The good memories come along with the bad and only make the present seem more hopeless. The ones who can still remember the temple and all of its splendor can also still remember the terror, the terror of invasion and death. And 40 years after the fact, they still wake up at night choking on the memories of lost loved ones and the smoke of burning homes. For 40 years, they have been stranded on an on-ramp in a place of exile, and Yahweh The God of Abraham and Isaac appears to be absent or powerless or both. Those off-ramp moments and on-ramp moments come to all of us, I believe, at one time or another. Those moments when we feel like life has just been leading us in endless circles and we're too tired to dodge the oncoming trucks. For some, it's a loss of trust in government and the endless pileup, it seems, of national problems that we must face. And the more often I think the on-ramp sits a little closer to the house and one day you're graduating from college or graduate school and you're cheering and you're flinging your cap in the air and you high on a sense of accomplishment and those promised opportunities, the world will be your oyster. And yet a year later, you're still looking for work, the student loans are piling up coming due, and instead of charting your course in life, you're beating a path back home to live with your parents. Or they held a party the day you retired, and you were picturing days of travel and endless golf. But now at 75, you're gonna have to get a job, and the only offer you've had recently is from a kid some maybe 20-year-old, who thinks she would make a terrific greeter at the local Walmart. Jack is 12 years old. He'd really like to have his friends over to the house, but his dad can be a mean drunk. Susie's parents don't get mean when they drink, but every night she has to pour them into bed and then clean up the bottles and the vomit. A young wife and a mother misses that happy-go-lucky, carefree young man she married before he went off to war. He's been home for six years, but the man who came back is moody and rarely laughs and never sleeps. All night, their lights stay on because he's terrified of the dark. And when he does sleep, he wakes up screaming. On-ramp moments places of exile, times when God seems absent or powerless, or maybe both. But God is present in the on-ramps and the off-ramps and in the darkness and on the days when we can't remember what it's like to have faith, much less hope. And God has promised to sustain us. And the word that God speaks on our behalf Will not fail. The Israelites thought that God was gone because the temple was gone, but eventually they discovered that God was not gone, that God was with them, even in a pagan place called Babylon. The God who had dwelled with them in the tabernacle and then in the temple had actually moved with them into the enemy camp and right into the chambers of their own hearts. And God had not forgotten them because their names, God said, were engraved, etched, cut into the palms of God's hands. God was and is at work in history. And God called the king of the Assyrians, the mighty Assyrian armies, to free the captives, the Israelites, from their bondage in Babylon, because God, in God's hands, even our worst enemies can be used as a way to bless us. For my ways are not your ways, says the Lord, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and not to return there, but to soak in and water the earth, refreshing it and filling it with life and bringing forth seed and making things grow. So shall my word be that comes out from my mouth, says the Lord. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish my purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The day is coming when you will be restored to your land and you will rebuild the holy city, my Jerusalem, and you will go out from the temple with joy and be led back with peace and all of my creation will celebrate with you and the mountains and the hills will burst into song and the trees will stand up and clap. Every little sign of life that emerges in the world around us, love, joy, hope, some small achievement of justice, a stand for truth, every tiny little thing is a part of that everlasting sign and memorial to the life-giving, generous, merciful grace of God. Every tiny little thing, the, the cards sent, the meal delivered, the help along the way, the weeds pulled on behalf of a neighbor, moments when the soldier forgets his agony and tosses his young son into the air with joy, moments when the child is embraced by the parent, the moment when the unexpected gift appears and helps to pay that student loan, God's hand of providence is at work in obvious and life-giving ways. God is faithful. God is trustworthy. God is ever-present. God's word waters the earth and gives us life. Now, just as the mama duck was settling down on that scorching pavement and gathering those seven little yellow ducklings up under her wings against the whizzing tires of passing traffic a young woman was leaving work. She exited the parking garage of her building and proceeded to the I-90 on-ramp there near the Chicago Loop, tired and anxious to get home. And there in the middle of the I-90 ramp sat the mama duck with the seven ducklings under her wings. So this young woman started to drive around the ducks and thought, you know, I can go off here on the shoulder and be home in less than an hour. But instead her conscience was pricked and she looked in her rearview mirror and saw them huddled there and she stopped the car right there on the on-ramp, parked it and got out and the traffic began to pile up. The young woman tried calling to the ducks, here, ducky, 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 and that didn't work. And another driver behind her stopped and got out and walked up the ramp to see if he could help. And then another woman stopped, and she reached in her purse and pulled out one of those little foil packets of, uh, cellophane packets of saltines, and they together began to make a row of crumbs along the ramp thinking they could lure the duck, but she didn't budge. Traffic is backing up now, not just on the ramp, but all the way down into the Chicago loop. A police officer gets involved, halting and redirecting the traffic. Reporters from all of the city TV news stations swarm the ramp and the story begins to unfold live on the six o'clock news, which is where I'm seeing it, bumping all the usual stories. Then a fire truck pulls up and all the firemen pour out and they join the effort and eventually, with a lot of commotion and fracas, eventually the dappled mama duck and her seven ducklings are rounded up and placed in the police car. And a processional forms with the young woman and a motorcyclist and the fire truck and the news vans and dozens of cars all following behind the police car until they come to a nearby park. It is now just before 10 p.m. at night. Hmm. And they're live in Chicago on the 10 o'clock news, surrounded by a crowd of strangers A dappled mama duck and her seven little yellow ducklings proceed single file down the embankment of a grassy hill and plunge one by one into the life-giving waters of a pond. Grown men cried. The trees stood and clapped. Strangers hug and the crowd's cheers ring out. God speaks, the Lord says, and the world will join the celebration. For God is present on the off-ramps and the on-ramps and in the darkness and on the days when we can't remember what it is like to have faith, much less hope. And God has promised to sustain us. And the word that God speaks constantly, continually on our behalf never fails. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, says the Lord, thus shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that for which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Amen.